0: chapter 1 of nature this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org nature by ralph waldo emerson chapter 1 nature to go into solitude a man needs to retire as much from his chamber as from society i am not solitary whilst i read and write though nobody is with me But if a man would be alone, let him look at the stars. The rays that come from those heavenly worlds will separate between him and what he touches. One might think the atmosphere was made transparent with this design, to give man, in the heavenly bodies, the perpetual presence of the sublime. Seen in the streets of cities, how great they are! If the stars should appear one night in a thousand years, how would men believe and adore and preserve for many generations the remembrance of the city of god which had been shown but every night come out these envoys of beauty and light the universe with their admonishing smile the stars awaken a certain reverence because though always present they are inaccessible but all natural objects make a kindred impression when the mind is open to their influence nature never wears a mean appearance neither does the wisest man extort her secret and lose his curiosity by finding out all her perfection nature never became a toy to a wise spirit the flowers the animals the mountains reflected the wisdom of his best hour as much as they had delighted the simplicity of his childhood when we speak of nature in this manner we have a distinct but most poetical sense in the mind we mean the integrity of impression made by manifold natural objects it is this which distinguishes the stick of timber of the woodcutter from the tree of the poet the charming landscape which i saw this morning is indubitably made up of some twenty or thirty farms miller owns this field locke that and manning the woodland beyond but none of them owns the landscape there is a property in the horizon which no man has but he whose eye can integrate all the parts that is the poet This is the best part of these men's farms, yet to this their warranty deeds give no title. To speak truly, few adult persons can see nature. Most persons do not see the sun, at least they have a very superficial seeing. The sun illuminates only the eye of the man, but shines into the eye and the heart of the child the lover of nature is he whose inward and outward senses are still truly adjusted to each other who has retained the spirit of infancy even into the era of manhood his intercourse with heaven and earth becomes part of his daily food in the presence of nature a wild delight runs through the man in spite of real sorrows nature says he is my creature and maugre all his impertinent griefs he shall be glad with me Not the sun or the summer alone, but every hour and season yields its tribute of delight, for every hour and change corresponds to and authorizes a different state of the mind, from breathless noon to grimmest midnight. Nature is a setting that fits equally well a comic or a morning piece. In good health the air is a cordial of incredible virtue. Crossing a bare common in snow puddles at twilight under a clouded sky, without having in my thoughts any occurrence of special good fortune, I have enjoyed a perfect exhilaration. I am glad to the brink of fear. In the woods, too, a man casts off his years, as the snake his slew, and at what period soever of life is always a child. In the woods is perpetual youth. Within these plantations of God a decorum and sanctity reign, a perennial festival is dressed, and the guest sees not how he should tire of them in a thousand years. In the woods we return to reason and faith. There I feel that nothing can befall me in life, no disgrace, no calamity, leaving me my eyes, which nature cannot repair. Standing on the bare ground, my head bathed by the blithe air and uplifted into infinite space, all mean egotism vanishes. I become a transparent eyeball. I am nothing. I see all. The currents of the universal being circulate through me. I am part or particle of God. The name of the nearest friend sounds then foreign and accidental. To be brothers, to be acquaintances, master or servant, is then a trifle and a disturbance. I am the lover of uncontained and immortal beauty. In the wilderness I find something more dear and connate than in streets or villages. In the tranquil landscape, and especially in the distant line of the horizon, man beholds somewhat as beautiful as his own nature. The greatest delight which the fields and woods minister is the suggestion of an occult relation between man and the vegetable. I am not alone and unacknowledged. They nod to me, and I to them the waving of the boughs in the storm is new to me and old it takes me by surprise and yet is not unknown its effect is like that of a higher thought or a better emotion coming over me when i deemed i was thinking justly or doing right yet it is certain that the power to produce this delight does not reside in nature but in man or in a harmony of both it is necessary to use these pleasures with great temperance for nature is not always tricked in holiday attire but the same scene which yesterday breathed perfume and glittered as for the frolic of the nymphs is overspread with melancholy today. nature always wears the colour of the spirit to a man labouring under calamity the heat of his own fire hath sadness in it then there is a kind of contempt of the landscape felt by him who has just lost by death a dear friend The sky is less grand as it shuts down over less worth in the population. End of chapter 1